Because when you ask that question, you're going to put yourself in a situation to get assignments, opportunities, projects, initiatives, and you'll get leadership roles. And when you have it, then put in the work, take advantage of that opportunity, and just lead people and deliver results. Because at the end of the day, it makes it, it's about making a huge impact, and you can be responsible for your own destiny. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everyone, it's Jason Patria, and you're listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast. This is the podcast for those of you that are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. If this is the first time you're joining us, thank you so much for being here, and for all of our subscribers, thank you. We'd love if you went ahead and gave us a show rating and a review. Now, I'm super excited about today's show because we are talking to Brian Garish, who is the president of Banfield Pet Hospital. Now, I know tons of you are huge pet fans, and Brian literally oversees a thousand pet hospital facilities and over 19,000 associates across the United States. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to Brian is that he's so clear on what it looks like to be an executive leader and what it doesn't look like to be an executive leader. And I think when it comes to branding, that is a key element. You've got to know what you're going to do as well as what you're not going to do. So one of my favorite brands is Nike. Um, and many of you know my husband, Joe, who is a great marketer. And for years, he worked with Nike in Southern California, really helping them reach uh, women and the LGBTQ plus audience and helping them do amazing different types of promotions for their products and their brand. And, you know, years ago, the AIDS Walk had approached Joe because they knew he was working with Nike and they said, hey, you know what? We've got to have Nike on as a sponsor. And Joe was kind of like, you know what? It's just not the right brand fit. I don't think it's really going to happen. And then one day, Joe was scheduled for a meeting with his clients over at Nike. And the topic was all about community involvement and community investment. So Joe said, you know what? I'm going to bring this up. But hey, AIDS Walk folks, no promises here. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're going to say no, but I'm going to do my due diligence. And he was able to come back after that meeting and he said really quickly, they said no. And the AIDS Walk folks, they were just shocked. They were like, we don't understand. It just makes so much sense. 30,000 people walking in Nike shoes. And Joe said, here's what they said. We're Nike and we run. We don't walk. And that was such a great nugget because they were so clear on what their brand is that it not only said what they do, 
but what they choose not to do because doing those things would create drag on the brand. Now, it wasn't that they weren't supportive of the cause. Certainly, we're all supportive of that cause. But for them, the Nike brand is about winning and overcoming obstacles and being your personal best and being athletic. And they were really looking at, hey, what's the AIDS marathon? Because that's all about that experience. So when you think about your brand, it's as much what you choose to do as what you choose not to do. So I want you to start thinking, what are some things that you're doing that may actually be causing drag on your brand? What are some of those things that, you know what, you need to stop doing because they actually get in the way of the great things that you're doing and the great things that you want to amplify? Now, Brian Garish is the president of Banfield Pet Hospital. As president of the industry's leading provider of preventative care, Brian's top priority is creating a high-performing, inclusive culture at Banfield's over 1,000 hospitals for its 19,000 associates across the country. Since taking over as president in 2017, Banfield has achieved the lowest turnover in its history, while simultaneously growing four times faster than the broader veterinary industry. Now, Brian joined Banfield back in 2015 and has over 20 years of healthcare leadership that he's brought to the organization. He previously served as an area vice president at CVS Caremark and started his career stocking shelves at Walgreens. We'll be back in just a couple of moments to talk to Brian. If you're one of our listeners who's ready to dig into your personal brand and go for that next career breakthrough, I have a special announcement for you. We have the next series of the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program starting in just a couple of weeks. Now, for years, when I would give the Lead With Your Brand workshop or keynote address, I'd come off stage and people would come up to me and say, hey, how can I put this system into practice? And that's exactly what the Career Breakthrough mentoring program does for people like you. You're high performing and you're a high potential leader. Now, our next group is starting the first week of October. So if you're ready to do the work, go to leadwithyourbrand.com and click on career breakthrough mentoring to fill out the application. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we're back. And I am super excited because we have an awesome guest with us here today. It is Mr. Brian Garish, president of Banfield Pet Hospital. Brian, what's going on? Hey, Jason. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so thrilled to have you because I've had a chance over the past three years to really spend time working with you and your amazing team. So tell me, when you first meet somebody, um, how do you explain who you are and what it is that you do? Gotcha. Thank you for the question. And again, it's been awesome working with you over these last three years. So thank you for all the commitment that you've been able to do and the impact that you've had at Banfield. So when I get the question about like almost who I am, I always go back to where I came from and, and, and where I started. 
And I, I think about like my real first job when I was 16 years old. I was working at Walgreens drugstores, stocking shelves, sweeping floors, mopping bathrooms, cashiering, you name it, whatever they asked me to do, I, I did it. And the, I start there because that really is, is probably a big cornerstone of my life of who I am and how I became the person I am today. And, and just quickly, I'll just tell you, you know, through high school, it was a part-time job and I thought I had the world figured out and I knew what I was going to do with my life. But I came to find out really quickly I didn't. I ended up going to college, but I dropped out really quickly. And that was really the first time in my life that I was scared. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I was scared that I had messed up and I had no, no future or no plans even. And I learned a few things really early on uh, during this time. One was the power of people development and mentorship. The second one was the importance of culture. And as a leader, it doesn't matter your role. You're responsible for creating the culture that people get to experience. And then power of inclusion. Those three lessons I learned early on in my life, and I'm so thankful because that shaped me to be the person and the leader that I am today. Someone who truly leads with empathy, impatience, and impact. And it's all about connecting with people and doing it in a very quick way because we have the ability to impact people's lives and impact society. Absolutely. And you know, when I work with you, I love that you said those three things because I feel those are the hallmarks of your executive style. So when you think about your executive brand, how do you describe that to other presidents and other CEOs when you're, when, when you're working out in the business community? How do you describe that leadership style? Sure. I, I think it goes back to what I just said. I'll, I would say it, I would describe it as, I am a leader who leads with empathy, impatience, and impact. And, and I'll explain those three things deeper. Empathy is about the ability to share emotions and feelings with people. And when I started my career stocking shelves and sweeping floors, I remember what it feels to be on the front lines. And that is so important. It helped me shape me to who I am today. So being able to empathize with all types of people and, and all their circumstances and their situations is incredibly important as a leader. Impatience is about an urgency to over-deliver because people in society are counting on us. Every day we don't deliver on our purpose, we're impacting our people, we're impacting pets at Banfield or across the country, and we're not making society better. So it's about that urgency to over-deliver. And then impact is about improving society. So that's how I would describe my personal brand to, to really anyone that I meet. And, it, and it's important that we are able to connect with people, have an urgency to over-deliver, and really impacting society. So my brand would be a leader who leads with empathy and patience and impact. I love that. So you talked a lot about, you know, being a young man in the workforce, right? Working at Walgreens, stocking shelves, right? Doing all of those things. What were some of the specific experiences that you had that defined that whole piece around impact and inclusion and empathy? Oh, gosh. Uh, I've had so many examples. Where I would start with is between that probably 16 to 19 years old, I remember working on the front lines and when decisions were made and when people just didn't even ask us our opinion. When you don't ask people their opinion, 
the decisions you make as a leader impact so many people. And if you don't take the time to get to know and get to see your people for who they are as individuals and the unique contributions that they can make, not just to the store, but really to society, it's very, very damaging. And when I go back to, you know, my, 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 my teenage and even early twenties, I can just remember when so many decisions were made by the company or by the, or by leaders. And when they didn't ask us our opinion, how it truly impacted so many people's lives. I'll just share a quick story with someone or about someone who at one time a decision was made and we were cutting hours, you know, across the board and, and all the stores were impacted. And I remember working with a, a peer of mine who literally said, I don't know what bill I'm going to have to pay this month and not pay. And, and, and being, uh, I think I was probably 18 years old at the time, I really didn't understand the magnitude of it, but I never forgot that conversation. I never forgot how it made her feel and how it made me feel. And I just remember saying like, well, what if we could grow our sales? If we could grow some more sales, like, couldn't we be able to keep everyone their hours or give people more hours? And it was always just like, well, it's not that easy. And, I, and I've just been someone who doesn't like to take no for an answer or don't like to see the possibilities in everything. It's about how do we make things better? So in this case, it, it could be how do we make our store sales better to make sure that everyone has the proper hours so they can you know, make the biggest impact in their own personal lives and for their family. But when decisions are made for that, that impact people without really involving people, it's bothered me. So that's just one example, but I feel like I have so many examples like that where we didn't include people in the decision. And when, I, when I've had the opportunity to take different leadership roles throughout my career, I always go back to how can I communicate with every person or everybody at every level to make sure I truly understand what people are experiencing, what's working, what's not working, so we can really make sure that we're addressing the real issues that they're facing. And, and that's the only way to tr do is to do that is by having a true two-way dialogue, a true conversation to really have an inclusive culture because inclusion is a growth strategy. Absolutely. And Brian, help us understand because everything you say makes sense, right? It's almost like it's a perfect, you know, textbook type of thing that every leader should be doing, but I don't think that every leader is doing those things. You are now, I mean, it's one thing to do that when you're working in a small retail location, but you oversee, right, a business of a thousand preventative care hospitals for pets. You've got 19,000 and more, right, associates that report up to you. How do you actually do those things when it's at that scale? Yes. So it's, it's difficult. It's tough. How do I do it? I never want to forget where I came from. That is so important. It's so important for me to always reflect and remember that I did these types of jobs. And when, well, you know, whether that was at Walgreens in, in the pharmacy world and obviously Banfields in a, in a pet hospital, it's still, I was on the front lines doing that work. And, and it's never forgetting where I came from because that really grounds me as a leader. Then it's about how can I be the best in both scenarios? And that what I mean by that is how do I stay connected to where I came from and stay connected to what our associates are experiencing on the front lines and understand where the business needs to head? 
It's about bridging those two gaps. So how do I do it? Well, it's very, very difficult. We still have a long way to go. We need, we need, we need, we need all of our leaders to do it. And, and I wish I had more time so I could do even more of it. But what I'll share with you is this. It's about demonstrating the importance of it. And it's about casting the right shadow. So when I joined Banfield, it was, this is how we're going to conduct visits. And it was about like listening to every associate in a hospital. So when we go on a hospital visit, we'd bring everyone together and then we would huddle and we wouldn't tell them why we're there. We wouldn't tell them what was right or wrong about the hospital. I just started to model the way by saying, Hey, so how's everyone doing? What's going on? And, you know, making some idle chit chat to, to, to be, to show up in a, in a non-threatening way where it's not like corporate that's coming. It's I'm a person just like you and I want to connect with you. And once you can establish strong relationships and establish that I'm going to be transparent, I'm, this is my true authentic self. People really want to use their voice. And so I remember, again, when I was 16, I wanted everyone to ask me my opinion. I'm, my, you know, my team wanted to give their opinion. So it's about unlocking the potential and showing everyone how to do this. And so we would do that, you know, hospital visit after hospital visits where the people were part of the, of the visit. So everyone was included in the visit. We were clear on why we're there. It's we're here to help you. What's working? What's not working? Asking questions in open-ended ways where people are contributing and then letting the conversation go where the people want to go and asking powerful questions to understand what we can do. And that really helps shape the visit and then get their commitment and buy-in on what we need to work on. So that's an example at the hospital level. But when we would do that market, market, market over, over, and over again, it then it then modeled the behavior that we want all of our leaders to listen at scale. This is what listening at scale looks like. This is how you connect in an authentic way with people. I've always been really clear that be your authentic self. Don't do it the way I'm doing it. What I want you to do is this is where standardization is good. Standardization is good when it's like, hey, we're going to listen to everybody. We are going to use inclusion as a growth strategy. We're going to embrace our differences because we want belonging. And belonging is who you are at home is who you should be at work. And it was about creating that culture, which really is my top priority is culture. So it's it's about creating those conditions. And then the other part I'll just quickly mention is, is, is how do I continue to do that? I use social media, Instagram. Instagram is my best friend right now in terms of how to connect with our people. And Instagram is <laughs> important, Jason. Here's, all, here's what I'll tell you. Because it's where people are spending and living their lives, not asking them to use an internal work channel because that feels like work. So if people are spending their lives on Instagram, yes. I'll create an Instagram account and I'll go to where people are to show who I am as a leader, who I am you know, as a person, what, what we're trying to accomplish as a business and invite people into a conversation that feels more authentic and it feels more real. It's not like hiding behind an email, you know, a, 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 an email yeah. name or an email. It feels so cold and impersonal. <laughs> it's about understanding where people are today and meeting them where they are. Absolutely. And that's what I love about you as a leader is you have this keen sense of how to serve your associates as an audience and really being where they are. And beyond just being on Instagram, right? It's the way that you, as you said, 
you bring your authentic self because we see into your home. Like we see you with your, with your pets. I see you, you know, lying on the floor with cats and, and cute pictures and, and all of those different types of things. That's something that I don't see most executives doing. So what brought you to that point to have that comfort level for not only your associates, but all of your stakeholders to be able to see that window into you? Sure. Well, I, I think I had to get to a level of comfort, of personal comfort, not to not to bring people into my life, not for me to be who I am, but for my own self to be comfortable with who I am. And what do I mean by that is it feels like whether, you know, every position or every company or, you know, society, we have like these stigmas on well, how leaders ought to behave or what an all leader ought to look like. And I guess for me, I've always grown up just assimilating to whatever the culture was that I was part of. And then I finally was just really like, well, how do I truly be my authentic self? Like, how do I bring my authentic self to work? And I'm an open book. I love that when I meet people in hospitals, I'm telling them anything they want to know, whatever question they want to ask, ask it, and I'll answer anything because I want people to see me for who I am. And I, and I, and I remember, you know, again, being like 18 and, and meeting like a regional vice president and, you, and you, you, you put them in this aura of what this person is in terms of the business world. But then like, if you get the opportunity to become that position, you, you don't look at yourself and as anything different. You just kind of say, well, I'm still the same person I was. So it's about making sure that I'm clear on what's my authentic self and I bring it to work every single day. And so I, I think it's about impacting people. And at the end of the day, it, it, it showed a way of, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to use Instagram. I'm going to answer questions. I'm going to engage. And results will speak for themselves. So in terms of the business world, the, the best business results that you get are the outcomes of the behaviors that you do. Well, from a business standpoint, our results are great. But then how does this connect in terms of communicating and connecting in authentic ways with our associates to truly listen at scale? It's the results will be, are people going to follow and are people going to engage? And oh my gosh, people engaged like they've never ga- engaged before. And whether it was engaging in questions, whether it was engaging on just liking something, but what was most important was it opened the door. I get about, I would get about 15 messages a day from our associates just asking questions. And what's really cool is, is seeing how the engagement is different on this platform versus say email. And it's just been, it's been an outstanding opportunity to test and learn, but more importantly, to see the result. And that is people are connecting because when I think about the, the next generation, Gen Z, and the massive cultural demographic shift that's happening in our country, people, it's clear, people are expecting, they want something different from leaders. They want to see leaders for who they are. They want authentic uh, leaders. They want transparent leaders. And they expect that from brands and companies as well. And, and who are we as leaders to ignore that we think we have a better solution? Let's engage with people. And if this is what they want, we have a responsibility to meet people where they are for sure. And Brian, what's, what is the difference that you see between an interaction or questions that come in via email versus the ones that you're having on Instagram? It's a great question. Well, here's what I would say. So when I, when I was in a market, when we would do a market visit, we would have a dinner every, every, like essentially every, every market I'd go to, and we would invite just, you know, anyone who essentially wants to come to, to, to a market dinner. And we were clear, like, Hey, dinners, that's from six to eight. And, I would stay as long as everyone wanted me to. And I always found it interesting. Why is it we'd have a dinner from six to eight, everyone shows up on time or before, 
at eight o'clock, no one leaves. Like everyone's staying late. And, and, and I was like, hey, if everyone needs to go home, you know, go home to your families or just go home or whatever. You don't need to stay. Like I have nothing else to do. So I'll stay all night. <laughs> but it was that connecting in an authentic and genuine way. And people just wanted to be part of the conversation. They wanted their voice to her. They wanted to ask questions and they wanted answers. And what's interesting is you could tell people no and they didn't mind because it was a dialogue. It, it was, it was, they, 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 now they understand the why behind it. So where I'm going with this is it was always amazing of why, when I can be in a market, why do we have question after question and, and, and people just don't want to go home? Then you go back to the office and you hardly ever heard anything. It really became email is so impersonal. And if, if you establish yourself as a brand of, hey, this is a leader who's open and you can talk with you know, him in this case, or you know, if we model the behaviors right, I can talk to my field director in ways I've never talked before. And she's amazing as a person. I get to know her. The problem is you can't always be in front of everybody. And the solution, the connection point, the solution was email. And email is an outdated, more archaic way. And if not, not to overgeneralize, but it was kind of like, you know, when the with phone, we used to, we used to do things over the phone in terms of phone calls, then it trans, then it transferred to emails and then it was like text. But now it's about, you know, you still have to connect and it's about connecting in an authentic and more updated way. And email is just outdated and it's very cold and you don't know, is someone responding and, and are in an NDT? How do you have a conversation versus, you know, formal communication? So the questions I would get, were hard, they hardly ever happened. So I just didn't understand, like, well, why is it we're not getting the questions? So that's what led us to let's meet people where they are. And, and once we started Instagram, the floodgates just opened. And the questions are all over the board. I mean, it could be anything from thanks, we love this, to have we thought about doing this, or I have a question, why are we doing this, or we really need this? And then we just catalog it and understand what are the themes that we're hearing and, and make sure that we are addressing people. And I respond every to every single question that comes in. That's amazing. And I know even I invited you to be on the podcast. We did that conversation over Instagram, right? It's like most of our exactly. conversations and engagements are on the Instagram platform as well. That's right. I, I love it. <laughs> Um, so Brian, talk to me a little bit about breaking through into the executive ranks, right? There's one thing to work in the operations and be a great sort of operational leader. What needed to change or what needed to happen for you to really move into that executive level? Thank you. I, I think there's always two things when I talk about people, giving people advice, when I get questions, it's always that no matter your job, no matter your role, it's all about leading people and delivering consistent results. So I think those two pieces have to be at the foundation of every leader. And especially then if you want to do more, those, those are going to be that foundation that's going to lead you to, to, uh, to something even greater. I would say for myself, it was always that purposeful curiosity that I had. I ask a ton of questions and I want to know about anything and everything. So I'm very inquisitive. And so it was always, and when I talk about that, uh, the impatience that I referenced earlier, it's like that urgency to over deliver. I always want to know what more can I do and what else can we connect to really bring all these pieces together? So I was, you know, in an operations role, yes, I was responsible for the blocking and tackling, if you will, but I was always interested in what can we do differently in marketing or how can we connect in, in better ways with our clients or how can digital play a role or IT or, you know, fill in the blank. 
And so it was always that curiosity that led me to asking more questions, to building more partnerships, to building a stronger network. And then I never said no. I always asked for more responsibility. I was clear on where I wanted to go, and I never said no. And it was, Brian, can you? And I said, yes. And I'm like, you didn't even know what it was yet. It doesn't matter. I'll do it. I'll do it because I'm thankful for the one that someone's thinking of me to do that. And two, it's going to teach me. I'm going to, I'm going to learn. Whether I succeed or fail, it doesn't matter. It's a learning opportunity, and, that, and that's going to give me more breath. So it's always, it's, I would say that for sure. Yeah, it's the power of saying yes. And I'm interested to hear when you have those learning opportunities, what's something that over time you had to work on doing differently or change because it was getting in the way of your success? Oh, yes. So I, I would say early on in my career, I had a, I had a, str- a very strong mentor of mine who was my boss, but he was a, very, a mentor and I, I still talk to him at this day. And I was in my first multi-unit role and I was really excited and I, I was young at the, I was young in position for that, for that role. And, and I, I felt like I just kind of came as a chip on my shoulder. Like who's, who, who's, who is this person? And, and, he, and I had to, I have to prove everything. And I, and I just didn't, I probably just didn't take for granted that I already got the job. <laughs> I don't have to keep like almost auditioning for it, but, but I'll never <laughs> I would always be the one to raise my hand and, and, and say, Hey, what about this? 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 What we should do this? We should do this. And I was always very, very vocal. And I could see that, uh, you know, uh, half the people were like, yes, let's go. He's got great ideas. Let's do this. We're, we're in the other half were like, Oh gosh, enough, enough, enough. And so my mentor was like, Hey, listen, sometimes it's not about what you know. We don't care what you know. We only care about how you impact and influence and pick the points and when you speak and pick the points and when you shut up. And I was like, thanks for the feedback. (laughs) 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 And and it's so, it's so true because like at the time, you know, I probably wasn't as happy about it as I am now, but, but honestly it's at some point, you know, it's not, it's, you, you have to pick the points and when you truly lead from front and, and when you lead with your people and when you're behind and watching everyone, and not and behind's not like not running with them. Behind is gives you all different vantage points. And whether you're up front leading from the front, in the middle, or behind, you all have a different vantage point. And it's about importance. It's important to understand how do you use situational leadership and being clear on the situation that you're experiencing and, and using your strengths when they're should be used, not when they shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Use your superpowers for good, right? Exactly. So Brian, you talk all about, you know, making impact and Banfield has made amazing impact in the past couple of years. What are some things that you're most proud of having implemented in, in the past couple of years? Oh gosh, I am honestly so proud of our inclusion and diversity journey at Banfield. I, I, I remember when we started that, and it was really anchored around making an impact in society. It was about bringing people to the conversation. Uh, it was about it was about creating psychological safety to have the conversation. And I, I share that because when I think about the social injustice that's happening right now, it it it, it's just, it just continues to sadden me every time we have an experience like this, and it saddens me because. We haven't done enough. And I, and while we still haven't done enough, I'm very thankful that we started our journey years ago. So this wasn't a, oh, this is happening in society. Now let's create something. We've been doing this and we've been creating a, a psychologically safe space 
for for people to talk and for allyship to truly happen where where i just i can go to this group and understand and be part of this group and be an ally and now what we've kind of talked about internally is how do we move from ally to activist it's now about taking action to truly move the needle to make sure that you know banfield is a beacon for how a company ought to behave in society and ought to be around any company for inclusion as a growth strategy but more more specifically like just inclusion and diversity as a journey and i know that you're an executive champion of one of your diversity resource groups tell us about about that yeah so i am the, i am the executive sponsor of women at banfield and I'm super excited to have the opportunity to be the sponsor of Women of Banfield because it's a really, it really is about human rights. We all have, need to have the same rights and opportunities. And specifically, when we, when I think about Women of Banfield, one of the things I'll share with you is we had, we had a group meeting at the very beginning and we asked everyone to come with their why. Like, why are you part of Women of Banfield? And it was great that we had, uh, we had, we had, uh, a whole range of people, including men at this meeting. And it was so great because everyone shared their why. And when I asked about the why, I shared mine. And my why was my daughter. Everything that I've heard about what women are facing and the challenges of whether it's pay balance, opportunities, a stigma of some industries that they shouldn't go into or don't have the same opportunities, it pained me because I have a daughter and I want her to be whatever she wants to be. And the fact that there are some careers that she may not be open to because it's not right for her or she wouldn't get the same opportunity or she wouldn't get the same offer, that bothered me. And so I, I, can't, I cannot be a leader in a company and not make sure that I'm doing everything I can for our company to be the best company and to model what true inclusion looks like at all levels. And I have a responsibility. And so she was my why. And then what I shared with everybody is think about your why. I want you to really think about your why and think 10 years, 15 years from now, your children, whether they were your why or not, some people's that, you know, it was, it was their mom or their aunt or grandmother or whatever, but so many people had children. And I said, think about your children. When your children work at a company, and if they have a women of blank fill in the company, are they there because they said, I want to be part of this, and I want to be part of this change because my mom or my dad worked for this amazing company at Banfield, and they did it right for women. And I want us to model that and make the same changes that my mom demonstrated for me. Or are they going to say something similar to your story, because that's what's at stake is about us creating a legacy. It's about us creating a legacy to truly take action, to improve society and things are going to get better. It may just take, it may take time. It may be company after company, but we have got to make sure that we have that urgency to over deliver because society and human rights are counting on us. Absolutely. And I love that it kind of comes full circle because when you talk about people understanding the why, right, when you come out of a meeting and you're looking at pets at Banfield, you immediately know the why, right? Because you're seeing everyone's connection with, with their own animal family member. 
Yeah, that's right. It's exactly right. It's it's a great way to bring the why into the office, keeping our pets front and center and staying grounded truly in, in, in what we do and why it's important. So, Brian, a couple of final questions for you. We're talking all about brands. So what is your favorite consumer brand that you're obsessed with or is a must-have for you? Well, I'll tell you, during this during this pandemic, it's about forming almost new habits and everything. So as I form new habits, one of the things that I really enjoyed is, is how do I find the, the proper treat for myself? So I, I'm definitely I'm definitely taking care of Ashton and Kenji, and I'm like, I got to figure out what's a really good treat. So I've been absolutely addicted to M&Ms. So peanut M&Ms are my absolute favorite. And I, and I will tell you, I, I always eat the blue and the orange first. The colors of Banfield. So, ah, because you're so on brand, right? As I look at you wearing an orange shirt on camera right now, I'm a huge fan of the peanut butter M and M's that I had for the first time when I was up at your at your. Oh, those are just, those are and the crunch ones were the first time I had those at your office as well, which was super cool. Those are those are delicious too. I am I am an, a huge M M&M and M fan. Oh goodness! If you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? If I were to be a type of vehicle, what type of vehicle would I be? I know the answer to that question. We just launched six mobile vans. So I would be a mobile pet care van. And I'll tell you why. Because it's going to be reliable and it can go anywhere. When I think the care that pets deserve, all pets deserve care. And they should have access to care. And having a mobile van allows myself and allows us as an organization to be able to reach every community to make sure that we're truly not just talking about inclusion as a growth strategy, we're available for all of our consumers, all of our clients, and all the pets in all societies. I love that. The mobile van going out to the people. The mobile van. Final answer. So, Brian, finally, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on today to our listeners? So I get that question a lot on best career advice. I think what I always try to tell people is the following. One, every leader or every company is always looking for people to be able to make an impact, to deliver results, and take care of people. There are endless opportunities. Don't wait for someone to come to you with the opportunity. It's to take advantage and know that the opportunity is out there. So always reach out to your leader other leaders throughout the company and ask, what more can I do? Because when you ask that question, you're going to put yourself in a situation to get assignments, opportunities, projects, initiatives, and you'll get leadership roles. And when you have it, then put in the work, take advantage of that opportunity and just lead people and deliver results. Because at the end of the day, it makes it, it's about making a huge impact and you can be responsible for your own destiny. Well, Brian, thank you for saying yes to being on the show today. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much, Jason. I really appreciate it. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. 
I don't know about you, but I am super pumped and inspired by talking to Brian Garish today. He shared so many great tips that all of us can do as leaders and executives. You know, how to be authentic. How do you find your voice? How do you find that confidence coming and being on social media? But you know what I really loved about Brian is that whole notion of asking great questions. Whether he's asking what he can do to make a difference or asking his associates what the company needs to do better to provide for their clients and their pets, it's ultimately about asking great questions. When I think about your brand, your brand is not about you. It's about the value that you're giving to other people. So you've got to go out and ask great questions. So when you're thinking of refining that brand of yours, ask questions and ask people what's working and what's not. Ask people how they would describe you. Ask people what value you're delivering and what more value you could be delivering. It's all about the power of great questions because as Brian said, it's ultimately about asking why. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I know I have. If you did, go ahead and make sure that you click subscribe and we'd love to hear some feedback by rating and reviewing the show. Make sure to follow me on all social media platforms. I'm at at Jason Patria and connect or follow on LinkedIn so you get tons of great lead with your brand tips. Most importantly, remember in your career, don't just be a commodity worker like coffee. Make sure that you are are super premium and adding value just like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.